I'll be reading from Psalm 85 this morning. Lord, you are favorable to your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people. You covered all their sin. You withdrew all your wrath. You turned from your hot anger. Restore us again, O God, of our salvation, and put away your indignation towards us. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger to all generations? Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your steadfast love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Let me hear what God the Lord will speak. For he will speak peace to his people, to his saints. But let them not turn back to folly. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him. That glory may dwell in our land. Steadfast love and faithfulness meet. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs up from the ground and righteousness looks down from the sky. Yes, the Lord will give what is good and our land will yield in its increase. Righteousness will go before him and make his footsteps away. This is the word of the Lord. Hey, hey, well, good morning. Am I on? There we go. Hello, good morning. I don't think I've yet to just come up and get the mic perfect on my first try, so someday, you know? But good morning. My name's Cam. If I haven't met you, I'd love to. Um, I got to say, this is like my favorite time of year. Maybe not for everybody. They're like, summer's coming to a close, but I just love the energy. People are a little upset. You know, parking spots are getting less and less downtown, but I just like it, man. I went to Target last night to get an alarm clock. That's where I'm at in life, by the way. I'm going on Saturday nights to get alarm clocks with my kids at Target. Some of you know that life. Um, And I just felt the energy, man. It was like 75 boys and girls. I can call them boys and girls now because I'm almost 30 there with their moms, getting all their stuff ready for college. You know, I'm just like, ah, oh, I just, I can just feel it. I love it. I love the energy. Um, I get excited for this uh, time in our summer, but it does mean that our summer series is coming to a close. And uh, I've had a couple people say, Cam, you're the closer for the series tonight. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, you get a big lead and you're like, let's bring in that picture. You know, it's nine to three. We can't really blow it. I'm just kidding. Um, But we've had an amazing series talking about um, just prayer in the Psalms. Um, We've tried to just kind of throw everything at you. We've looked at all the different kinds of expression that we've seen, um, prayer and what it looks like. We've seen laments. Uh, We've looked at praise. We've looked at confession. We've looked at contemplative prayer. We've looked at praying for healing and unanswered prayer and interceding for people, praying for other people. Um, What does it look like just to ask God for what we need? Um, And then what does it look like when none of these things are answered at all? And we, we, we've really tried to dive in this summer into the Psalms, but this morning as I close our series, um, it is really where it connects with the vision of our church. Um, the vision of our church or why we exist would be to practice the way of Jesus for the renewal of all things, to practice the way of Jesus together for the renewal of everything. And it's actually praying for renewal and revival. That's, that's maybe some words that might sound a little bit weird and interesting to us or over-spiritual for sure, but um, hopefully this morning, I want to bring some clarity to what that means and then how God is inviting us deeper into it as a church and as individuals and as people to both be praying for our own renewal 
and ultimately widespread um, revival. So this morning, I got three points. I don't always have three points, but I got three points this morning. We're going to talk about our need for renewal, the dynamics of renewal, and then the effects of renewal. So I'll go through one time. I felt, I saw, I heard some pens clicking right there for the note takers. They're like, let's go. Our need for renewal, the dynamics of renewal, and then the effects of it. So let's pray and then we'll get into it. Jesus, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for this moment that we'll never get back and that we get to share together. We ask Holy Spirit that you would direct our attention and our eyes um, just to see you this morning. It's what we're praying for. We're not praying for more information or content or a better sermon. I really have nothing new to offer this morning, but what we need is to encounter you. We need the Holy Spirit to breathe on the words of scripture and make them come alive to us. So you take this prayer that was prayed thousands of years ago and, and, and bubble it up in our hearts that we might look to you and ask you, God, won't you revive us that your people might rejoice in you? Amen. So let's talk renewal and revival. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna explain some of these things because when you hear revival, right, we've got all kinds of different experiences with that word, right? Some of you, you, you just, you're thinking of like some screaming preacher, like no one ever whispers revival. They're like, hey, you wanna come to the revival service? Like that never happens, right? It's like revival, woo, right? So that's what some of you guys think. So, some of us are like thinking of like tent meetings and showing up and uh, I, that, was, that was a little bit formal. We don't really do the tent meetings anymore, but if that was a thing, that's, that's revival. Some of you think of like cheesy Christian rock music, revival. Some of you think of, have like negative connotations with it, with people trying to manipulate your emotions. I remember my first time I ever heard it. I was like in an FCA retreat, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. I was a college athlete. They tricked to come up to this retreat. You know, it's what we do. And I got tricked to come up to this retreat, retreat. And I was in a small group of guys. And we were all going around kind of sharing our prayer requests. And I was like praying for my buddy's dog, you know, like Buster is sick. And I don't know, Lord, could you heal him? I don't know. And then some other dude in my group was like, I want revival on my college campus. I was like, bro, what is he talking about, right? So I know we have a mixed emotions in here or mixed experiences with revival. I also know that we have people peppered throughout our congregation who are praying continuously for revival, that this is a passion for us, that it's something that God has so captivated our hearts for that we can't sleep or we can't rest until God actually brings it here and now. So let me explain what these, what these things mean and hopefully bring us together to bring some clarity around renewal and revival. So let me, let me talk about what these two things are. Renewal, what we say is the ordinary ongoing process of growth in Christ through God's presence. It's the ordinary work of following Jesus, continual renewal, while revival is this extraordinary intensification of renewal. It's, it's not necessarily new information, but it's, a, it, it's an intensified experience, a sudden surprising outpouring of God's spirit producing renewal at an unexplainable rate. Another way to think about it is to think about the two ways that the spirit tends to work in our lives and even in our city and in our midst and our congregation um, in, in, in terms of process and breakthrough. Process being just the kind of slow work that you kind of look back over five years and you're like, ah, gotten a little better. You know, I love Jesus a little bit more. I'm a little bit less angry. And you, you've slowly grown to look and love and live more like Jesus. It's this process of continuing to um, repent and confess and live in community and pray and try to follow Jesus and do all these ordinary, basic process things. And then there's breakthrough. There's moments where the Holy Spirit comes in ways that you can't explain that has so transformed us in, a, in an almost immediate time. 
It's like a sailboat, okay? Like if we were to put up our sails, we, we can't necessarily control the wind. And it's sometimes though, we put up our sails and it's just kind of a continual, constant little breeze. You know, it's like three miles an hour. We're just like coasting through the water. But then even like what we read in Acts chapter two, there's these and suddenly moments where there is a, there's a burst of wind that just so fills the sails that it launches us into something totally different, right? That's what we're talking about this morning. Revival, renewal, an intensification of the ordinary work of Jesus that we're asking the Holy Spirit to do in us, in our congregation, and ultimately in our city. Um, there's this old pastor named Duncan Campbell who uh, years ago, he experienced this full-on revival in this little island um, close to Wales called the Hebrides. Anybody ever heard of the Hebrides? No, me either, okay? So I read this book called Revival in the Hebrides, right? Rev- I'm just gonna keep pointing my finger all day because it's the revival sermon, okay? So just, it's coming, all right? But he says this, he experienced this crazy revival. I'm actually gonna tell a story in a little bit, but he says this, after seeing all of it, he said, revival is just a revelation of Jesus Christ. He said, it's where the facts about Jesus and the gospel, the, the information that you understand in your mind is breathed on by the Holy Spirit and it becomes real to you. It's an experience you have with Jesus that changes you. It's, it's a couple of months maybe where you're just obsessed with God's word, where there's just a season of renewal in your life. It's maybe where the Lord is revealing brokenness inside of you and seeing how he wants to come and heal and change and transform you. It's moments where Jesus reveals, where, where he, he's not just a concept anymore, but he's a real person to you. It's, it's renewal, it's revival. Tim Keller, he says this, he says, it's when the gospel truths that you believe are extraordinarily applied to your heart by the Holy Spirit. It's not new information, but it's an illumination of the information by the Holy Spirit. That came out way trickier than I thought. Let me say that one more time. That was a lot of eyes, right? You could tweet that. It's, it's not new information, but it, it is an illumination. It is, it is the Holy Spirit lighting up the information so that you might see it and savor it and actually experience it. And it's what we pray for as a church all the time. It's what we want to be about. We don't want to just be about information. We want to be about spiritual renewal. And that's what the psalmist prays, right? He says, you, Lord, you've shown your favor to your lands. You've restored the fortunes of Jacob. You've forgiven their iniquity. You've covered their sins. You've set aside your wrath. He says, restore us again, God, our savior, and put away your displeasure towards us. He says, will you not revive us again that your people might rejoice and you show us your unfailing love, Lord, and grant us your deliverance, your salvation. And it's interesting because the context of the Psalm is, is kind of hard to find. Like they don't really fully know what is the, con- like why are they praying for a revival here? Why are they asking God to revive them? And that's most likely completely on purpose to show us and to reveal to us that renewal and this prayer is an all the time thing. That it's not just for specific moments, but it's something that we're continually to be asking God to do because we need renewal. And I really want us to get this. Like there, if I've been most excited about this sermon, to be honest. And it's been a little bit hard to put it on to paper because it feels like it's something so um, deep in, in my heart that it's just hard to communicate at times. And I've been excited for it because I really do think, I, I think that for most of us, it's what we really need. It's what we really need. We need renewal. We need Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit to renew us. And have you ever had that? You ever had a circumstance where like what you thought you needed wasn't what you really needed? You know what I mean? Like I remember 
uh, I'm not a car guy at all, but I remember driving to a 5.30 a.m. Bible study with wrestlers. Only wrestlers want to do Bible study at 5.30, okay? We're going to meet these wrestlers at 5.30 and my car dies. But wrestlers are like so pumped to, to, to help you. I just called them like, hey, bro, can you come jump my car? They're like, yes, that's way better than Bible study, bro. We'll be right there when they come and jump my car. And I drive it around a little bit and I start to get on Google and I'm like, what's going on? I must, need a, I must have a broken battery or something. That's what Google told me. So I drive to AutoZone. They put a new battery in my car. I'm like, we're good. And it was like cheap. Like anytime you go for a car fix and it's like way cheaper than you thought, it's always too good to be true, by the way. Secondly, that's amazing. So I was just pumped. I'm like 70 bucks, that's nothing. We're good. I'm driving around, right? I make it to my next couple of stops. And then I'm pulling into my last meeting of the day. And as I'm pulling in, my car dies again. I'm like, yo, come on. Luckily, I had like some frat bros that were pulling up right next to me with like seven other sorority sisters. And they were like, this is our moment to show that we can push a car. They're like, bro, we got you, man. And they come up and they push my car and I pull in, but... They jumped my car too, and I had to drive back to the place. And they're like, yeah, man, it's not just your battery, but it's something deeper than that. It's actually your alternator, okay? That's all I know on the car. So I'm gonna put a period right there. That's it. It wasn't my battery, it was my alternator. But a lot of the time, I think in our spiritual life, like we, we can really resonate with that. We have this deep desire to be like, yo, quick fix. I'm, I'm here for it. Let's do it. Let me, let me just sign up 75 bucks for a battery. Awesome, I'm all in. If I can just listen to a, a nice podcast, it'll just kind of jolt me back into it, that'd be great. Or like a book or like, man, if I, could just, if I could just add this like little discipline in my life or if I could just kind of fix this relationship, everything else would be good. That's my, that's my real need. But I, but I don't think that's it. I think we have something that's far, far deeper. We need, we need renewal. We need our spirits to be renewed. We need to see Jesus as he really is. We need to not just understand the contents but we need to experience the person. We need to experience the power of the good news of the gospel, not just to understand the information. Mark Sayers, who I'll quote a handful of times, a pastor from Australia, he says this. He says, why do we see such a gap between the power and the presence of God that we read of in the early church and then our own experiences of church and faith? He says, how do churches and individuals renewed by the spirit and the presence of God find themselves falling into decline and stagnation? And he says, well, this is kind of always what's happening. He says, even within decades of the fire that they experienced at Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit first comes, there's a cooling that occurs among God's people. See, in Acts chapter two, right? We see like the first revival story. Jesus has just ascended into heaven and he gives, this, he gives the first kind of charge to his disciples. And it might be different than you think. He says, wait. He says, wait until you receive power from on high. He says, wait for the Holy Spirit to come. And then, as I said earlier, right, there's this and suddenly moment. That's really what it says. It says, and suddenly the Spirit comes and, and Peter is, is filled with a courage that he's never tasted before. And he steps up and he preaches this sermon and preaches the gospel and invites people to repent and give their lives to Jesus. And it says like right there, like 3000 people at least give their life to Jesus. Like that's revival, right? It just breaks out. They're like, what happened? That's crazy. And we see from this moment leads to, to churches being planted, missionaries being sent, that the gospel is just spreading throughout the world. And you're like, how could that ever die? Let's go, right? It's, it's amazing. They, there's, the, there's vibrancy, there's life, there's energy, there's miracles happening. But then we read in, in the book of Revelation a couple decades later, and Jesus is, has these seven letters that he writes to seven churches 
and to one of the churches, he, he starts by really just encouraging them. He says, hey, hey listen, guys, you, you believe all the right stuff. You're actually doing mostly all the right stuff too. If we want to be really theological here, you've got the right orthodoxy and you've got the right orthopraxy, right? Like you're, you're believing the right things, you're doing the right things. But then he says, but I've got one beef with you. Message version, cam version. I've got one beef with you. It says you're lukewarm about it. You're lukewarm. You've forgotten your first love. So why do we need renewal? Because this is our tendency. And in American Christianity, of all, of all the different cultures, this might be our biggest pitfall, that we believe the right things. And that maybe even we're practicing the right things and trying to do the right things. But have we forgotten our first love? And not that we forgot about it, like it's some equation, like I forgot the scientific method from years ago. Not that I've actually forgotten the, the, the practicals of it, but that I, that I literally am dead to it. That I'm not alive, that I don't have passion, that I've, that I've lost it in some ways. Craig Groeschel, this pastor, he wrote a book like 20 years ago called um, It. And he basically goes around and he sees these different organizations. He's got all these multiple churches. So he goes around and like looks at all these churches and he says, some leaders, some people, some churches, they just have it and some don't. And you kind of know what I'm talking about. Like some places just have it. Some people just have it. And you're like, I don't really know what that it is. It's kind of a mysterious thing. That's like what the whole book is. It's like, I don't really know what it is. So I was like, great book, bro. Thanks for nothing. But some of you, you know that. Like, you know, like I used to have it. I used to wake up with passion. I used to wake up so excited about everything. I used to, I used to just love to sing praise. And now that just feels so far. You feel like you're going through the motions. Your life doesn't feel like this passionate love for Jesus where you're living on mission, but it feels just lukewarm. Like you're just kind of trying to go through the motions. And that's the prayer this morning. Revive us again, God. Not that we're totally dead because you can't revive something that never was, but but you would revive, you would breathe fresh life into something that currently is. Tim Keller again, he says, as Christians often believe in their heads that Jesus accepts me, therefore I will live a good life. But he said in their hearts and their actions are functionally and practically, they live on the principle, I live a good life, therefore Jesus accepts me. And he says, as a result of that, individuals and churches experience a slow spiritual deadening over the years, unless there's some sort of renewal and revival dynamic that arrests it. So Keller and Sayers, they both say that this is what we need. We need renewal. What you really need is to be revived. What you really need is the Holy Spirit to reveal Jesus to you, to be reawakened, not just more content, not just more information, but we need him personally as a church and as a city, we need him. So let me talk about the dynamics of what um, renewal tends to look like. And it tends to kind of flow, right? It tends to start with people, personal renewal, then leads to congregational renewal, which then leads to a city revival. It starts small, but then it grows outward, right? And I, and I don't know what you might think of revival, but let me tell you what it's not, okay? This, this is what we tend to hear sometimes, and I'm not against this completely, but we kind of think, man, if we could just get this one celebrity, right? If we could just get this one celebrity to really love Jesus and use their platform, then the whole world will know, right? That's amazing, right? Like Kanye, we're like, Kanye's it. Once Kanye's on, we're in. Like we're, the revival is coming because Kanye, right? That's, I'm not against that completely, okay? 
But it's just like the teachings of Jesus are usually like completely the opposite of that, right? Rarely does revival start top down, but it actually starts bottom up. And that's almost always what we see in Jesus' teaching, right? It starts in seed form. It starts in something that's small, that lives inside of us, that then grows out. And it starts with just a small couple of people being renewed and revived and, and experiencing fresh life in their faith. And then it, then it has this contagious effect. So it starts with us personally. It starts from the bottom. It starts with a few people in our midst that are so captivated by Jesus that, that, it, that it starts to spread. And it's what Paul prays for in Ephesians, right? He prays for it twice, actually. He says this in Ephesians 1, he says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe that power is the same as the mighty strength that raised him from the dead. And then he just keeps going, right? He writes a couple more things in this letter. And then he just like kind of accidentally starts praying for them again. We can see his heart right here, right? He keeps going. He says, for this reason, I kneel before the father from whom every family in heaven on earth derives its name. And I pray that out of the glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. He says, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love might have the power together with all of God's people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the measure of all of God's fullness, right? He's echoing everything that we just heard earlier. He says, if you could just understand who you are, if you could just see it and savor who God has made you to be, if you could just see the heights and the depths and the width and the length of the love that God has for you, if you could just understand the forgiveness that is in Jesus, that there is no condemnation for you, not just understand it intellectually, but if you could just really see it, I think you'll be okay. That your, that your sins are forgiven. If you could just really see Jesus, I think you'll be all right. And he's saying, you can't convince yourself of this, right? He's saying, you need the Holy Spirit to convince you. You need the Holy Spirit to show you, to illuminate, to bring light to who Jesus is. And it's, it's really what the psalmists are praying, right? Right after he says, revive us again, O God, that your people might rejoice in you. He says, show us your steadfast love. Like we've heard of it. We know it. God, will you show us? Will you reveal it to us? I mean, what a prayer, right? I, I just wonder sometimes if we, if we just like settle, you know, like we just like go into just Jeff's and we're like, let me see that menu, bro. That looks so good. Double cheeseburger, bacon. I heard it's fire. Thanks. I'll see you tomorrow. Like we don't even, but we don't taste the burger. We don't eat the burger. We just take the menu. And we just look at it. It sounds great, but it stays in our head. Like what? You'd be like, bro, you're crazy. Have you had Just Jeff's? It's fire. You got to eat it. It's not about the menu. It's not about reading it. It's about tasting it. It's about savoring it but we just kind of have this tendency to say, let me just go another day trying to convince myself that I'm loved by God, that I don't need anything else. He's enough for me. You know, like you just white knuckle it. I should trust him more. I don't need other people's approval. I mean, I hear that all the time, right? I, I hear, I'm really just trying to work on not living for other people's approval. I'm just really trying to work on my people pleasing stuff that I'm trying to get through. I'm just really trying to work on it, you know, Cam? And I'm like, 
Doesn't that seem a little odd? That you're like trying to work so hard. It's like, it, that's, that's kind of missing the point. I mean, what kind of gospel is that? First John says that God loves us first. And then everything we do is a response to that. So if you feel like you're always going first, like you feel like you're the one who's initiating all the time, something's off and we need to pray. We need to invite God to say, show me your love. And maybe you're like, hey, that sounds great, bro. But I am really just barely hanging on. Like I'm barely making it. Renewal, all right, okay, cool. I'm just trying to make it to Monday, bro. And I actually wanna say, like that's actually most of the time right where renewal happens. Even in my own seasons of real deep renewal, it almost always happens in those places. I remember being in college and my basketball career kind of coming to an end because I had some concussions, and, which is an excuse for if I ever go off tangent, I had a lot of concussions, okay? But I had one that lasted like three months and I just had to sit in my room. And it sucked, man, I'm a people person. Like I like to be around people. I just had to sit in my room. Like here's rehab for concussion. Go sit in your room, shut the lights off. It's like, okay, great, that's terrible. But I, I had encounters with God where his, the gospel message went from this truth in my head. I felt like I experienced his love. That Romans 5, when it says that he pours the love of God into our hearts, that wasn't just a thought and a cute thing that I should tweet about. It was like, that is real. And the Holy Spirit so reminded me and showed me that Jesus is enough for me. <sighs> It's not just a thought, it's real, but we need the Holy Spirit to show us. And it usually happens in these places and times in our life. It tends to be, how thing, it tends to be the way that things go in moments of, of real transition for us or, or crisis. Those tend to be the moments that we actually experience the greatest moments of reawakening and renewal. So if that's you right now, that's, you're in a great place for Jesus to really meet with you. The prayer that sets someone up for renewal rarely sounds like I've made it or I have arrived, I've done it, I've, I've owned it, but it's usually I'm tired. I'm serious, man. Like we tend to think like, man, if I could just do a little bit more, here it comes. It's just not how it works. Renewal almost always comes at the end of ourselves. Eugene Peterson's translation of Jesus' words in Matthew 5, he says this, he says, you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. Because with less of you, there's more of God. There's more of his rule. See, the Christian life, it's not what we think it is most of the time. It's not this just gradual ascent to holiness, where I just keep getting better and better day by day. While, while it is true that we are formed to look more like Jesus and we love more like him and we live more like him, it's far less like this gradual ascent to perfection and it's far more like, like an onion where God is just peeling away layer by layer after layer as he gets deeper and deeper into our hearts. The Christian life, the real growth is us actually giving more and more access to Jesus. It's not taking the drive and the performer that you have in you and then just like Christianizing it. That's not it. That's not, that's not renewal. Some people say it's kind of like, it's, it's kind of like a, like a wave, you know? Like, I don't know if you guys have ever been to the ocean, but it's like right before a big wave comes in, you kind of know what happens, right? The tide kind of comes out and then it comes rushing back in. That's a lot of times what it feels like. It's, it's not just this big overarching, but we kind of feel it kind of come back for a little bit and then it washes over us. 
And Mark says one more time, he says this renewal is ultimately all about Jesus. It's all about us experiencing and seeing Jesus. And personal renewal, it leads to a congregational renewal. It leads to us as a people being um, experiencing a collective renewal. It's this same type of thing, but happening across a church or a body of churches, it has this contagious effect. And it turns into people actually um, seeking more of God, more of him, more of his presence, more of his fruit together. It, it transforms churches from tribes who kind of gen, generally agree on like the same concepts and thoughts, whether it's theologically or socially. And it actually just turns us into a house of worship. It turns us into a place where we're just hungry for the presence of God, where the truth of God's word and the presence of his spirit are interconnected. And there's something powerful in in worship and in sitting underneath God's word, listening to it, and then also just singing together, right? Another Psalm says this, that he inhabits the praises of his people. And you might be like, man, Cam, like God's always present always. We just read that, right? Which is true. And there's, but there's a difference here between experiencing God's omnipresence, which is him everywhere all the time. Never is there a place where you can run where he's not there and his manifest presence. And his manifest presence is really what the scriptures are all about. It's, it's getting back into the presence of God. Even in the Old Testament, every sacrifice that they would make was not just to get their sins forgiven so they can keep on living life in this new freedom and forgiveness, but it was actually to enter into the presence of God that they might be able to experience God. It was sin in the original, in the garden. It, what, it, what it ultimately did is it removed us and took us away from the presence of God. And now what we are doing day in and day out is to try to get back into his presence. And there's something powerful that happens as we sing praise together, as we experience renewal individually and collectively that bring us together to seek after God's presence, his manifest presence. And this is ultimately why we do things like Friday night prayer. This is why we do congregational prayer. It's why we do prayer before the service is because we're hungry and we're seeking for his presence. Quick pl- plug and a great practical, okay? Even this week, what we're gonna do, we're gonna do it, something called 24-hour prayer where we're just gonna... It's going to be on a link, trinity.mo, trinitymo.org slash prayer. Okay. If you can remember that easy money. Okay. Click on the link. What we're going to do is we're just going to, we're going to fill up 24 hours as a, as a church, as a congregation, we're just going to commit to praying for 24 hours. Not you, but you can just take an hour, take 30 minutes and we're doing it together. And what we're praying for is we're asking God to bring his presence here. We're asking for renewal. We're asking together that he would renew us individually and as a congregation and ultimately for our city. And it's always ultimately the same thing that we do on Friday nights. We ask God, would you meet with us here? And then we pray for our church. We say, God, would you meet with our church? Would you, we don't want to just be another program. We want to be something that's um, filled with your spirit, that's launched out. So we pray for us as a church. And then we pray for our city. We ask that God would move in our city. And it's what we're after. We're after seeking and being in the presence of God together. And the presence of God is interesting because it's both the means of getting there and it's the goal. It's, it's both of how we experience renewal, but then it's also, um, so it's the means of getting there, but then it's also the goal. It's what we want at the end of the day, is just more of his presence. We just want to be with him. He's the one who renews us, but then he's the, he renews us that we might rejoice in him, that we might celebrate and see him in his presence. So congregational renewal, personal renewal leads to congregational renewal which then has this overflow effect into revival. Mark Sayers says revival is ultimately just renewal. 
gone viral. And that might be a little cheesy. I don't know if I like it, but renewal gone, gone viral, meaning that renewal that is experiencing in congregations and churches across, it actually has to spread to the city. That multiple churches experience a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit that, that overflows into our city. That, that Duncan Campbell guy that I quoted earlier, he, the, the revival that he experienced, he was actually a preacher like three countries away. And he was just kind of passing through this, this town in, in, in the Hebrides and felt like the Lord was saying, hey, go to this church and just show up there and maybe we'll see what happens. But he didn't know that, that, that for literally probably 10 or 15 years, there was these three or four older women that were just grieved by the brokenness in their little island. They were just, they were just hurt by it. They were seeing the, 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 the dysfunction and the hurt and the pain of the young people. And they just said, you know, we could just be some, some grumpy old grandmas or we can, we can pray. And they just committed to praying for revival for years after year after year until finally it kind of started to get a little bit of this contagious. And there was three or four younger people and the, and the group of them, they just started to pray again and again and again until finally in their room, in one of their prayer meetings, the Holy Spirit just, just came. The manifest presence of God just came and it, it overwhelmed them. They started to experience God's presence. And before they knew it, it, it was the craziest thing that I've ever read. I, I don't know how this happened, but they said there were people literally driving on the road that were just pulling over. And they felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit. They, they felt like they had to give their life to Jesus right there. They had people from all over saying, we just need to go to this church building. We don't know where. And they met with Duncan Campbell right there and they're meeting at this revival. And he's just like, all right. And just started preaching and people are just giving their lives to Jesus. Like there was no practical program. They're like, hey, I think if we could just do this, this, and this, it was just the Holy Spirit doing this miraculous work of God. And that might sound totally crazy. And you're like, what is that? but there are stories of that peppered throughout from, from, from the early disciples until where we are now. There, there are stories of that again and again and again of God bringing renewal and bringing revival to cities. And, and, and the dynamic of renewal, it changes the entire dynamic of the city. Their city was transformed. Some 85% of the people in the Hebrides gave their lives to Jesus. Like that's a crazy thing. Could you imagine if that happened in Colombia? Like that'd be bonkers. It'd be uncomfortable. We'd have too many Christians to be honest, Right? You guys would, we would run out of coffee shops, right? A cola, you guys would have no, you guys would be over, over the top. There'd be nowhere to sit down, right? It'd be too much, It'd be crazy. But ultimately, if we're not after that, what are we after? What are we doing? So it's what we're praying for, that it might change the entire dynamics of the city. And it's what we're, really what we talk about. The effects of revival are what we talk about all the time. You come to our membership class, we're gonna talk about it. Renewal-driven mission that God, he draws us into himself, that he might send us out. It's the theme of the scriptures and it's what we want to be about as a church, renewal driven mission. Where the input, the stuff that we are, we're putting into us just creates a natural output. Like when you give a little kid some candy, right? Like I don't have to tell, hey, let, let's, let's spike up our energy. Let's go crazy today. Let's, let's run around a bunch, right? Like you give my little girl some candy. She's going to run around and be insane, right? Why? Because you just put in some candy. And the natural output when you give a kid candy is full on going bonkers and going crazy, right? When the input, what you put into you just, it, it has this natural flow of the output. We want, we want to so experience God, so experience renewal that it creates mission in us because ultimately it's renewal that changes everything. That's what the Psalm ends. At the very end of the Psalm, at the very end of the Psalm it has this beautiful language. It says, love and faithfulness meet together. Righteousness and peace, they kiss each other. Faithfulness springs forth from the earth and righteousness looks down from heaven. 
The Lord will indeed give what is good and our land will yield its harvest. Righteousness goes before him and prepares the way for his steps. Renewal changes everything. Renewal is what brings about the kingdom of God. It's a bunch of people experiencing personal renewal and a congregation catching renewal that leads to the kingdom coming here and now. That we live into the prayers that Jesus taught us, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That we get a fresh burden for the lost, that we start to love our church community, that we are all of a sudden broken for the injustice in our community. And then empowered by the spirit of God, we are launched into the world. It's, it's renewal that breaks the consumerism that exists in us and in the church. It's not just better motivation or more willpower, but experiencing a renewed sense of Jesus and his presence. And this is the vision for the church that we want to be. We want to be a people that are experiencing renewal and that we're so enamored by who Jesus is, so captivated by his love and his presence, so filled with him that we cannot help but overflow and bring the kingdom where we go. It's what we're after. And I don't know where you're at today. And even as I, as I close, I, I, I just really want to have an invitation to you. I want to I cast vision a little bit, but ultimately bring it down to the personal level. Because in John chapter seven, Jesus, he's just been at this festival, this party all week. He's been doing some teaching, some healings. And then finally, as the end of the festival, he steps up before the people and he says this, let anyone who thirsts come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, rivers of living water will flow from within them. And it says, this he said of the spirit. Jesus' invitation to us today is, are you thirsty this morning? What's your deep need? I bet, I bet it's deeper than you think it is, and I bet I have the source for it, is what Jesus is saying. Come to me if you're thirsty. Drink for free. And if you know that, you're like, yeah, I get that. But then you hear the second part of the verse, and you're hearing rivers of living water flowing from me. And you can feel the gap between your lived experience and rivers of living water flowing from you. We want to pray for you. We want to pray for you this morning. We're going to have some people in the back and we just want, even if you don't have a prayer request, if you just walk back there, we're going to know what to pray for you. We're just going to pray, God, would you renew them? And it's what we're after as a, as, as a people. It's what we're after as a church. I'm going to say it like a thousand times today, but we want to be a church that rivers of living water flows through us. What we need is, is a fresh renewal from the Holy Spirit. Let's pray.